0: he's been researching this book for the last five and uh, he'd wake me in the middle of the night with A New Finding and he said to me, I think you should make a body of works about Walsing Matilda and I thought, I don't really like folk music, I hate gum trees, I don't like realism, you know, how do I make Walsing Matilda a story that, um, is, that says something about me or, you know, the way that I work, and how do I make it about the story and and, and the research that he's done. So I really – I thought about it for a really long time. I looked at the way that other people have portrayed Walsing Matilda, and I decided to incorporate it into my character, Yolo Man. So I thought I'd give you a little bit of a background of Yolo Man um, – where did he come from and what does YOLO mean? And for people that don't know, YOLO is a social media term, meaning you only live once. And and I think it, it's a great ethic to live by. And um, and I'm sure Banjo Patterson lived that kind of life. Anyway, so YOLO Man um, really started with my Lunar Park mosaics. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I had a four-year commission at Lunar Park Um and it was to commemorate the 100th anniversary. So when I was making these um, figures, the heads were often really big and, and just before I'd screw them up on the wall, I'd get people to take photos of me. And um, some of the, the heads were kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger until there was just me with some legs underneath. So my man character grew out of that. I didn't bother about bodies. I just started adding just the head and legs. <clears throat> So these are some of the Lunar Park heads and this is the finished building. It was a, f- um, yeah, a four-year commission for the centenary of Lunar Park and there's another view of it. So um, a lot of my characters kind of are, you know, Benjamin talked before about storytelling. We, I've always used storytelling or narration as part of my work. And all of the characters on Luna Park are uh, people in the family, or people that I know, my friends, etc. Um, all personified as, and, and Benjamin's the um, the guy with the the, the genie there. Um, so Yolo the first Man, I've heard of it, you? Yolo Man, kind of um, h- grew as a character in my body of works. And, and also, um, this is my dog, Larry Latrobe, which um, lives now in front of the town hall. It's been in the city square for 26 years. Um, and he's, you know, kind of a popular little character in Melbourne. And I've combined Yolo Man with Larry. So I sort of have avatars, I guess, in order to, to tell my stories. And I have another character called Mr Hanky Panky. Um, ...which I just did a series called Mr. Hanky-Panky and his Seven Deadly Sins. So Yolo Man, Mr. Hanky-Panky and Larry are three of my avatars. And he's Larry and Yolo Man. Um, in 2015 I had my first solo show in Chicago... ...and uh, I have I teach in Chicago every year for a week... I'm ...part of um, a, an accredited course at the Chicago Mosaic School... And, um, and I've had a few exhibitions there. I've actually got another exhibition there in October. And I did a, a series called Yolo Man and His Apocalyptic Alphabet. And it was looking at the way that uh, – or looking at apocalyptic images from my travels. Um, I've travelled a lot with my work and, uh, and combining it with Yolo Man. So Yolo Man and the Enchanted Fish – uh, so Yolo Man was my character, and the figure that he holds aloft are characters from apocalyptic images throughout the ages. So he's a mosaic version of that drawing. Yolo Man and the Men Scorpions. This was an alphabet with 26 pieces. So there were 26 drawings that, that became an alphabet and mosaics that accompanied them. Yolo Man and the Man Scorpion is a mosaic. So uh, my work, um, I I use a lot of recycled stuff in my work. Um, Upcycling is a really important thing and and I like to um, find objects that tell a story. So the stories um, are told, uh, they're stories in themselves but also the objects are part of the storytelling. And also I have some YOLO women. These are at um, Lauriston Girls' School. It was a commission I had a few years ago. Uh, this is the nine muses from Greek myth. So if anyone's interested, you can actually go into, into the grounds of Lauriston and have a look if you just go to the reception. Um, so my technique is to incorporate um, found objects... And it's a 19th century American folk art tradition called memory wear. And it's got its roots in the black African community where they couldn't afford to have um, tombstones. So they would get vessels and they would encrust vessels with a person's keepsakes. And often they would put like letters and and things inside. They're often called memory jugs or memory urns or... um, uh, Keep uh, keepsakes or whatever, and so the outside of the vessel would be encrusted with the person's, you know, memorabilia, and um, and it would sort of tell a story, and that would be used on top of their gravesite. So I, I use this memory memoryware tradition in my pieces, and um, then I Benjamin asked me to do this series on molly Matilda, so we um, I, I wanted to. I listened to him talking about the stories, and then I wanted to go and experience the place where the song was written. So we went to Dagworth station, and um, Benjamin had hired um, a drone, and we had an engineer from the Winton Council. and um, it was actually it's actually quite a, a significant discovery, and we found the original footings of the homestead where the original Dagworth Station was. Not where people think the Dagworth Station is now and where they're taken on tourist trips to Dagworth Station to enjoy. We actually went to the place and to the site and it's like an archeological dig, in a sense, of where um, this, where Banjo and Christina and Sarah and the Macpherson clan would have all been sitting that night. And so on the ground you can actually see the footings and we got some uh, coloured streamer and laid out the footings of the home and, you know, people didn't have proper recycling facilities or whatever so, you know, there would be tip sites. And for me it was like this treasure trove of finding all this detritus and stuff on the ground that I could just pick up and... uh, Incorporate into my work. So we spent a day at Dagworth Station and at Dick's Creek, where the song was also written, or where the Cobb Co track, um, uh, the Cobb Co carriages which exchange horses, and Banjo also sang and wrote the song there. Um, and I collected a whole lot of things. So for me, this is, um, they're, they're very culturally significant objects. They're possibly the, um, the pieces of china that. Banjo and Christina and and um, Sarah ate dinner off that night when you know the ill-fated meeting of, of Banjo and Christina and um, and the sort of jilting of Sarah Riley, and so the pieces that you see out there actually I've intentionally not washed the soil off them in case people want to do kind of DNA testing or whatever. Um, I've I've not cut most of the china. So the pieces that are cut into circles are obviously newer pieces of china or or china from from somewhere else. All the other pieces are actually, as I found them, on the ground and I've pieced them all together. And these pieces that I found from um, the blacksmith shop or, or the you know the stables where they would have um, shod the horses, etc. Um, we also went to Kainuna, um, which was another uh, town, sort of not not that far from Winton, really, is it? And um, and we stayed there, and uh, and and I sort of it, it, the Walsing Matilda myth story, whatever you want to call it. It's actually a very – I found it very interesting and it's a very political kind of story. There's a lot of money that's made out of uh, people having uh, tourist things about Walsing Matilda and, you know, uh, misinformation and and people making money out of, you know, like folklore – And, you know, it's that old thing of if you say something often enough, it becomes reality. Well, you know, through Benjamin, he's a criminal barrister by trade, um, and he's got this kind of forensic approach to things, you know, like um, if you say something to Benjamin, he really needs to know that you can back it up (laughs) so that you know that the information in his book is backed up. And so he, in a sense, has... There's a, a there's a new a beautiful new Walsing Matilda Centre um, in Winton, and he said to them recently, "I'm sorry, but all your signs are wrong." And they're like, "Oh shit! we you know, we just spent 26 million dollars on this centre, but his research has shown that you know a lot of the signage is wrong." So it's been a kind of I, I found it really interesting to um, understand the the history and the politics and everything behind the song and then try and make a version of it that was my own. So this is um, Yolo Man. Uh, he often has a um, one bare leg, which is my kind of um, nod to Banjo-Patterson and his love of the land. Um, so he has one one leg in, in the city and one leg on the land. He preferred to be on the land, and all of them have got um, this sort of painted, rough like like the, uh, the riverbeds and so forth that we would see on our travels. So this is at Combo Creek, the waterhole where the song was written and you sort of walk towards it. And this is a causeway that was made by Chinese um, labourers in the 1890s and for me it was very mosaic-like and I loved looking at this kind of imagery. Um, I picked up a lot of ironstone and I cut it up with my hammer and hardy, which is like a little implement where I cut my stone. And um, often the, um, the legs on my YOLO men are, are made out of this iron stone. Um, this one has got a, a, a shear that I found at Dick's Creek. Um, the shear is from the 1890s, but I've incorporated some more contemporary uh, ceramic with it, which is um, a whole lot of Gustav Klimt mugs, that someone gave me, but I cut all the circles out, the curly bits, because I wanted to give the impression that he was a shearer. So he's actually got like a little tattoo of, of sheep. Um, he's got uh, little curly faces, etc. So you know, it's trying to use the stories that he was telling me and making them mine and combining the two kind of narratives. And there's the painting of it. This is from um, metals that I picked up from the blacksmith shop. So his arm is made out of um, the blue willow ware that uh, I found at Winton. And I found some china actually, um, n- not from Queensland, but actually uh, English china that had a Winton um, backstamp. So I cut that out like a little tattoo. The the key thing and uh, the sardine kin. Uh, can I, I found up in up in the um, Dagworth station so that's my hammer and hardy um, this one combines smalti which is venetian glass sorry I'm looking over there so I can see <laughs> what's projected uh, this one's Yolo man waiting for his billy to boil and the, the lid from the billy I found uh, at Winton or, or at Dagworth Station and all of his face is made out of shards that uh, that I found and pieced together and I didn't cut any of those. And then the cups are from the same period but they're obviously um, bought from a second-hand shop. All of these pieces are outside here. Yeah. So, you know, humour plays a big part in my work. Um, but, you know, trying to find the, the narrative and um, you know, how to combine the two things together. So, Under the Shade of a bar Tree. So, some of the paintings that you'll see in the grid that's outside are direct lines from, from the song and then others are depictions of the story, the backstories. So, this is Yolo Man with waltzing his Matilda or his bedroll. ...leading his water bag. This is him singing uh, Craigie Lee. So this one, he's got the tartan, the Patterson tartan... ...on one leg. He's got the ironstone on the other. And um, this is the troopers, one, two, three... Hofmeister's skull, the de- decapitated um, swagman. The one in the middle it actually has got um, photocopied pages from the coronial inquest of uh, of Hofmeister. So when he um, when he died, there was how many pages? hundred pages, handwritten coronial inquests that one of the first things that Benjamin did when he started doing the research was to get hold of those handwritten inquests which I then transcribed for him because it's in that beautiful old English um, font, handwritten font. Um, The Macpherson Tartan and last year we went to Scotland and we actually found the Macpherson clan house. Um, and their motto is, do not touch the cat, um, what is it, do not touch the cat without a glove or with, and here's my version of it, with his little tartan pants, without a glove, yeah. Um, so Yolo Man with the McPherson tartan, the Troopers, one, two, three, in the top painting. The bottom painting is, that looks like a boat, is the, the dinner at Dagworth with the 14 peoples, like the Last Supper. And he's holding, Yolo man holding the harpsichord or the auto harp in one hand, meaning Christina, and the love heart of Sarah Riley in the other. And the other two are paintings of the Macpherson crest. And then behind the the painting is the original words of the song, and that's the group of mosaic. So each one of the paintings either tells a story from the, the a line of the song or one of the backstories, and that's my whole presentation. And I think Benjamin now would like you to sing. <laughs>